You're listening to the Viral Molly Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. Hey, good day, everyone, and welcome to College Volleyball Weekly on the Viral Volley Podcast Top 20 Edition. Got Jay Hosick and George Mason, Dan Friend of Lewis. Missing is Dave Hunt of Pepperdine, who is maybe on an American flight from Dallas or Austin. We got to we got to point this out. Happy birthday, Dave. Hope you're having a good one. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. He was visiting the governor of Texas to celebrate his birthday. We're not talking about Greg Abbott. We're talking about Jordan Larson, the governor. The real governor. No. <laughs> okay, Texas is going to like ban me now. On their- <laughs> He's the real boss of the operation. We all know. <laughs> all right. We did have yet another exciting week. But before we talk about the results, you know, we're, we're tracking the cancellations because that has been kind of a thing that's been happening uh, for the last two years. But we did have only two COVID cancellations. And unfortunately, as one of the participants in the first point uh, organization collegiate challenge, um, one of the teams, Kentucky State, uh, I believe had some COVID protocols, two matches, which is great. But unfortunately, we had some other cancellations due to other reasons. Obviously, weather uh, for a couple matches. Uh, I don't know, the East Coast, it's pretty chilly here in Southern California. It's 59 right now. So I'm hurting. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know, Jay and Dan, I, I seen your guys post outside on the street. But uh <laughs> In all seriousness, there was a um, bomb threat at Fort Valley State earlier in the week and some other HBCU schools, and it was the start of Black History Month. Coincidence? Yeah, I think not. But, you know, sucks that kind of thing is happening, but they had to cancel one of their matches that day. And then actually um, UCLA, thank goodness, they had a bomb threat on campus, uh, but it did not inhibit any of their practices or anything. So, um, you know. Those were the other reasons, but, you know, we're back into action. We're playing and thank goodness, nothing serious has happened. So with that, you know, one of the carryover topics was uh, uh, some of the newsmakers during the week from UCLA, Ido David, a freshman opposite from Israel uh, has been on fire. He's not a freshman. He's like 22. I may be labeled as a freshman, but a 22 international man. Playing, I mean, he's good. I, I mean, we played against him. You know what I mean? And the guy's he's a man like, beast. He's a man beast. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he came in two great matches at my home court, UC Irvine. 19 kills, 500 the first night. 20 kills, 353 the second night. Um, I know there's some other contributors to UCLA success, but he definitely is one of the guys that stuck out this week. And I want to get your guys' take on him. And obviously, Dan says he's a man beast. Uh, but if he wants to add a little more, now would be the time. And then we could jump over to Jay. <laughs> Well, I, I think certainly, you know, we, we played in the week before and you know, they, they went in and played Irvine home and away and got two great wins. And uh, Edo has some impressive numbers and uh, Jay's going to touch base on their middles, which are a, a big con- contribution. And Miles got into a groove as well at the same time. And, you know, we saw UCLA be in pretty good form and Rob, you got to see it uh, firsthand. So and, uh, it's a lot of big swings between Irvine and UCLA taking cracks at the ball for sure. Do you know what I mean? And some athletic guys and I imagine that was a fun match to watch when it was clean. Uh, my guess is there were sometimes when it got somewhat ugly at the same time. But uh, not surprised by Ido and uh, the other Israeli guy in the middle. And but you know, yeah, you know, they they should be at some level when you're 22 walking in and have some experience. And so we're we're kind of seeing that over the past you know five years or so. This this international mark of players. We talk about 
Nikolai from Long Beach. And you know, he's 18, but we see these guys coming in with this this experience and this level of play, and it's going to raise the NCAA at the same time. And uh, certainly makes it hard if you don't have an international guy sometimes because you don't have that same experience and on your floor. But we've seen it a little bit in Conference Carolinas, but maybe not at the same level. And now you're seeing it uh, with some of these big-time programs as well. Yep. Jay, what you got? Well, first of all, uh, I'm glad everybody's safe at the uh, HBCs. I, I, I think that's absolutely terrible what's going on with all that stuff. Um, kudos to Morehouse starting their program up. They got that's uh, right. They got their- match underway that's a a pretty well-known recognized hbc so super stoked for them the uh the team kentucky state had to pull out of that uh out of the texas challenge uh and fairly dickinson stepped in which i think is pretty cool last minute unfortunately they had two matches scheduled with njit at the same weekend uh but njit and long island decided to play each other and they did it in fairly dickinson's gym which is pretty cool uh but um you're talking about the two middles at UCLA. Everybody's talking about David Ito because recently he's he's obviously stepped up a little bit. The guy you should be talking about is Guy Genus, who's a, only a 6'5 middle, also from Israel. Guy Genus is hitting 562 on the season and is reminiscent of an old UCLA middle blocker by the name of Danny Farmer. When you are a smaller middle blocker, you've got to be able to do everything really, really well. Uh, and it can't just be a one trick pony type situation. You got to block. Well, you got to hit well, you got to play defense. You got to do all these little things that make you stand out and he's doing the right thing. So, you know, Dan touched upon it. Obviously the conference Carolinas have been pretty foreign heavy. Uh, and obviously Hawaii has been foreign heavy over the years and BYU's had a bunch. I, I'll be real honest, and we have a guy coming next year, and I know a lot of other schools have got foreign guys. I'll be real honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned, uh, not because uh, foreign players are taking up uh, all these rosters against teams are playing, but I'm concerned that we're losing sight on a couple of things. One is the opportunities for American kids to get better at the college level. And I don't mean that you, we should limit and then nobody should have foreign kids on their teams. I'm just saying – I, I'm really concerned that that's a trend that is going to continue because everybody wants to win, obviously, and foreign kids have seen the game at a high level for a long period of time. The other thing I'm concerned about is I'm not sure some of these compliance officers are really doing their homework. Uh, and I would hate to see uh, some stuff that happened back in the day, 2002, 2003, where men's volleyball had a black mark or two on it. And I just hope that everybody's compliance officers are doing their due diligence and doing their homework and making sure that we're not, we're not bringing people in that are not clean. Uh, and I, and I'm hearing some stuff here and there, but you know, let's just, let's just keep everything above, uh, above water and be smart. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Anything else to add, Dan? No, I, I think, I think me and Jay are on the same page in the sense of like, if you get one international guy or two, I, I think it's great for your culture, great for your team. Uh, I just, we, if you start going the route where you got four or five, six, I don't know, just my opinion and Jay's opinion is probably the same as mine with that, where it's like, you know, I've always wanted to make sure I, I'm training kids for America because it makes our, our volleyball better at the highest level if I'm doing that in terms of that. So, uh, but, you know, I think a lot of coaches are on that same page philosophy, but uh, how do you find a good balance with that is key, I think. So, yep. Well, I wanted to touch on this a little bit. I know we're talking about the results, but EIVA play started this last week. And um, what can we surmise from what's happened to start off the first conference of play in your conference, Jay? 
You know, I think I think uh, everybody knows that Penn State's really good. Uh, that was not a secret going into this year, and I think Princeton and us found out firsthand that you know Penn State's solid. They're gonna they make a few mistakes here and there, but they're they're just they're they're so consistent with the pressure they put on you from the service line. They hit uh, you know pretty well in transition. They're really fast, uh, and you know if you got a couple of big bangers that can get you out of trouble, they're gonna be able to do it. I think Princeton had a little bit of a meltdown on Friday night and, and it kind of carried over into Saturday when, when they went to St. Francis, you know, and, and we lost to St. Francis as well on Friday night. We're, we're young. So I, I'm not really uh, losing any sleep over it. We're a young team that's trying to figure things out and learn how to win. And you don't just get to put on the Jersey and get a W that's just the way that it works. So, you know, I think um, it'll be interesting to see down the line NJIT where they kind of, uh, you know, put themselves uh, in position to, to maybe host a first round playoff or maybe get a buy in the first round. We'll see. But um, I think right now Penn state's the leader of the pack. And I, and I think after them, there's probably three or four teams that can battle each other out and probably a couple teams in the bottom in previous years, they might have a shot this year. So it's interesting The conference has gotten better and we're just, we're excited to get after it. It's finally, finally EIVA time. Yep. Well, I mean, Dan, I'm going to hit you up on what your thoughts are on before you start Miva play. But, you know, you, you had a big win over uh, MPS UCLA last week, solid win this week against Grand Canyon. Uh, what, are your think, what are you thinking for your conference play? Because you got teams like Ball State who are beginning to get hot. Uh, we're still waiting to see what, how Loyola responds with the uh, absence of Cole Schlotthauer, their uh, leading outside hitter. But we're still, you know, you, we said in the other piece, McKenzie's been kind of flying below the radar at this point, but we know they're good. Um, what could it be in the MEVA? But you certainly see, I think Ball State said, hey, we're here. Uh, and so uh, it, it should be an exciting match this weekend for us when we play them Thursday. Uh, as And we've been trying to figure out our lineup, you know what I mean? But I think Ball State kind of brings in the most consistent lineup of returning players and experience outside of McKendry. Uh, McKendry brings, but they don't, they've, they've got a couple of new middles. Uh, and Lindenwood does too a little bit. Lindenwood's got some uh, some couple of year guys that have been on the pins for them that that are coming into the, uh, the Miva play at the same time. Ohio State might have an injury or two. You didn't have Saponis. Uh, did Martin get hurt? I heard something. I'm not 100% sure, but maybe he'll be back out there when they play conference play. We're going to see them this weekend as well. But I got to give a little love to Kevin Colley. Kevin Colley had a triple double for us uh, Saturday. <laughs> so you naysayers on the 6 2. I'm just saying, looking out okay for us right now. So, uh, but. Uh, okay, Karch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Kevin calling a little triple double action, which was really cool. You know what I mean? And so, uh, and uh, compliment to him and uh, helping us push through on that win. And so, but uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think conference play is going to get exciting. You know, we got Ball State, Ohio State, McHenry's got Ball State and Ohio State. So, certainly some high level matches to start off with. I think it's uh, Linda win at Purdue Fort Wayne against uh, uh, Quincy. Um, or Quincy and Lindenwood against Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Loyola. So that'll be great too as we get into Miva play. So, but back to the Eva, I just um, I think Jay's team's going to have a lot of growth. He talks about him being young and starting out conference play. We know Penn State's the benchmark. It'll be curious to see. And I thought St. Francis was kind of under the radar, and they're playing some good volleyball right now in terms of that. But how does Harvard and Princeton respond? You know what I mean? And so we talked about like Princeton's not playing as well as we think they have talent wise well how do they how do they respond over the next month or so in terms of that and then where does harvard come in and uh and sacred heart at the same time and charleston 
as they get on board. And so I'd be curious to see, we know, I think Penn State's over here. And then I think you have this group of teams where it's like, who's going to kind of separate themselves as they kind of get into it and where do those pieces fall a little bit? So. Yep. Well, I'm going to just touch on Conference Carolinas. You know, the team we've been talking about a lot, as in Mount Olive, Ali'i Keohohu, but it's Belmont Abbey that's been, that has the best record in the conference so far, but they have, I believe they start conference play this upcoming week, if not the next one. So that'll be an interesting conference to watch because uh, Mount Olive has been doing some great things, but Belmont Abbey, you know, the victories do the talking, everything else does the walking. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Big West right now, the hottest team has got to be either Long Beach State or UC Santa Barbara. Um, Hawaii is good, but you know, they're going to recover from some injuries uh, and they're going to get their guys back. They're going to be strong, but that's going to be a, a, a crazy race for the top spot. Um, MPSF, I'm still waiting to see because uh, of some matches have been happening, some upsets have been happening by other conferences coming in and beating MPSF teams, but uh, they definitely have the talent. You know, Pepperdine has been kind of a, a shocker. I thought they're going to come out strong in the, in the get-go, but they've got some key losses already, and same with UCLA and and. You know, BYU still trying to find themselves. Grand Canyon uh, has a couple losses that are unexpected because they have probably one of the most talented trio of hitters in the country. Um, gosh, who am I leaving out? Then you have the the dark horses of Concordia you know, with their win over San Diego. <laughs> so Stanford, who well, knows? <laughs> here, I, I think here's what we're learning across the board. And, and I know that there will be a lot of people that will – be happy with a statement and a lot of people that will be pissed off about the statement. Jay pissing people off. <laughs> right. Right. You, uh, you're noticing that teams when they're at full strength, they're really good. And teams when they're missing a player or two are not as good as they thought they would be without those players. You know, you had Hawaii missing a few players when they were playing against ball state, you had ball state missing a player when they were against BYU, which they won on the second night, which was awesome. Uh, you have, uh, you know, UCLA had a couple players out when they lost some matches. Grand Canyon has been missing janky for a while. So what you're seeing is that, you know, these these teams, which are really, really good when they're full strength, all of a sudden they lose a piece or two. And some people maybe aren't producing as much as they should. But Santa Barbara has been pretty darn good, even though they have been mixing the lineup up. So it's like you're starting to see that, you know, men's volleyball is still uh exciting to watch and there's still a chance that anybody can win on any given night and you know the the powers that be traditionally are not uh are not winning everything against the conferences across the country which is great to see as well so uh if you're a volleyball fan this is a great year to watch yeah i don't know if the big west so the big west past couple of years i thought were probably the deepest in terms of teams um I, i'm not sure that that's certainly not the case this year i, I think there's you know the mpsf has got to run I think every conference has got a group of teams now that are doing some pretty good teams in terms of that. And so I don't know that it's as yeah. deep as it has been from that standpoint. No. Yep. So. so Jay, I thought you were teeing it up for me because uh, I'm going to do a featured tweet of the week that was involving ball state and Hawaii. I won't say the handle because you can just find this out on your own. All you Google or whatever search engine you use happy people, but here's the quote uh, quote or shorthanded, unquote, Cardinals figure out a way to win without their starters, without crying about it. At Ball State is the handle. What say you gentlemen? Because we did have a very animated discussion about this. 
<laughs> who wants to start? Who who wants right. to take well, the I mean, It is what it is. It's like, you know, certainly teams are playing without players at times. Do you know what I mean? And uh, But when it gets to the end of the year, if you're on that committee, you're not going back and looking at that. So you got to figure out how to play with the pieces you have, whether it's COVID, injury, whatever it is. That's how the game goes. You know what I mean? That's how at any level at any time. You know what I mean? And uh, you can sit there and lean on, well, we didn't have this guy or that guy. And, and I certainly may know that. And certainly that may have impacted it. But at the same time, go figure out how to play. How's your, how, how deep is your team? How does your team respond when adversity hits it? And how do you get through some of that? And the nice thing is if you're a team that loses a match because you're missing a couple players and it's early in the year, thank God it's not later in the year. You know what I mean? Because later in the year, maybe if you're in conference tournament, you want all your pieces healthy as possible. And maybe if somebody does go out again, but he played early in the year, maybe that puts him in a better spot at the end of the year if you needed him again for some reason. So I think there's a lot more that goes into it. And the people that are outside the box firing stuff in, you know, fire away, whatever you need to do. Do you know what I mean? But if I'm inside the box running my team, I'll stay focused on that. I think it's funny. One of the responses to the tweet was pew, pew, pew. LOL, shots fired from a Hawaii fan. <laughs> Jay, what do you got to say? I'm not adding a damn thing to that. Dan said it all. Um, uh, staying over here and playing Switzerland in my East Coast uh, domicile. So I'm just staying over here. I'm going to name the uh, board that shall not be named. Stick is being held still right now. <laughs> not stirring that pot, though. Staying out of it. All right, well, let's jump to uh, next week's matches. That would be uh, week six. Um, what are the coaches on the screen checking out for some of the action in the nation? We'll start. Uh, we just go back and forth if you want. That way we can just kind of tack off each one. And uh, uh, Dan, what are you thinking uh, as a match or a couple matches you're going to be checking out? Well, I, I, my conference play. I mean, certainly I'm, I'm going to be checking out how some teams respond and how they do some things and how they're playing. So, I mean, whether it's Loyola uh, and how do they respond with Lindenwood and Quincy, uh, you know, Purdue, Fort Wayne, I think they're Chile guys back uh, possibly uh, and how do they respond in terms of that. So, and then outside of our conference, um, you know, I, I do think, uh, is it Pepperdine and UCI? How does Pepperdine respond? You know what I mean? In terms of yep. that, where does that come from? And then, uh, I think you've got uh, SC. Who was SC playing? SC's Long playing Beach. Northridge. Northridge, sorry, Northridge. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I was talking about. I haven't seen Northridge. So this will be another, like, hey, how does Northridge respond uh, in terms of and how does USC come out after a loss from Long Beach? So those are some matches on my head. How about you, Jay? Uh, I'm definitely going to be watching Ball State Lewis. Uh, that's going to be a battle of two – I think the two top teams in the MEBA right now are Ball State and Lewis. Uh, Lewis obviously coming off a great few weeks of matches and Ball State coming off a great few weeks. And, you know, that's uh, it. Volleyball is good when Ball State's good. Uh, and not because, um, you know, of any particular reason other than it's a, it's a name that's been around for a long time. And unfortunately, it's not been in the limelight in recent years. So I'm really excited to see that match. I'm going to be obviously watching UCLA Long Beach. That's going to be battle of uh, – of a, a handful of foreign kids on both teams and let's see what they can do against each other. I'm going to watch Santa Barbara USC. Uh, USC obviously had to loss last week to Long Beach, uh, but it wasn't like they got blown out of the water. It was a really hard fought match, but Santa Barbara right now is the hot team. And, and, and I want to see what they can do against them. Last but not least, I'm going to be watching Princeton NJIT. 
Um, that is a battle of New Jersey that uh, has been fun to watch in recent years because both teams have gotten really good. Princeton having kind of an off weekend. Uh, Dan touched upon it earlier where maybe they're not winning as much as they should with the talent they have. And NGIT has got a couple of foreign kids on that team and they're just lighting it up. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one. And I'll be keeping my eyes on that. Yep. Matches I'll be watching, obviously, UCM Pepperdine, the home and home series. And uh, obviously for the play, but it's been over two years since I've seen David Hunt. Kind of hope he'll bring Spud with him down to the uh, match at Irvine. Uh, but definitely Ball State Lewis, uh, not because Dan's on the screen, but because these are two quality teams right now. And they're both really good and really fun to watch. Um, they, they add drama to the volleyball season. That's for sure. Uh, this one, I've, I've been tacking them both, tracking them both. And it's been fun to, to track. Uh, so uh, definitely those ones, but one, I, one set of series that's interesting is long Island at Hawaii, not for two, but three. <laughs> so uh, coach Sean Patchell, first year coach, obviously an Irvine high school, former teammate, as well as uh, Concordia coach and BYU uh, all American uh, out there in Hawaii for three. So, um, Hey, any way you can extend your trip for an extra day or two in Hawaii, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Rainbow driving. We're looking for sponsors. <laughs> so I uh, shave ice. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the donut place called? I forgot. Oh, uh, uh, Leonard's. No, Leonard's. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leonard's Malastana's. <laughs> Oh. Always take the guys to Leonard's. Always take the guys to Rainbow. Both of those. They have oh, to. Go. And Kua Aina Burger. I think I said it wrong. Kua Aina, Aina, Kua. Anyways, best burgers I've ever had. So. So uh, I'm sure they're going to want to sponsor a bunch of fat old guys on a podcast. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, hey guys, be sure to follow um, NCA Men's Division One Two Volleyball. Uh, week six of action. It's uh, shaping up to be yet another fun year because, you know, we just, we know the talent spread across the nation, but uh, uh, Jay Hosick of George Mason, Dan friend of Lewis. Thanks for coming on college volleyball weekly yet again. Uh, we'll be back at it again next week. And uh, hopefully for some of us, we'll have some better news for our own programs. <laughs> thanks gentlemen. All right. Thanks. Hey y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the viral volley podcast podcast. Be sure to follow Rob at Rob on the Mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or at RobOnTheMic.com. Check it next time.